Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Candy and Michelle coming to you live from the seaport. Brought to you by... Grey Goose. College football playoff rankings came out last night. Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Washington 3, FSU 4, Oregon 5, Ohio State 6, Texas 7, Alabama 8. What does that tell you? That tells you that Michigan, despite their win over Ohio State, doesn't catapult themselves to number one. It tells you that Ohio State somehow is still alive because teams in the top six going into the final weekend have all been the team's that made up the Final Four. It also tells you that Texas and Alabama are going to have a really difficult time getting into the college football playoff. If I gave you guys the chance right now to change one ranking, mm. I guess it would be two, but you know, two teams, so one trade. What trade are you making here? Oregon, Florida State. You'd put Oregon four and Florida State five. Yeah, I don't think Florida State's a better team than Oregon. Smalls? I think I would move... Alabama up to number six because I don't think all 11 and one teams are created equal. And I would like Alabama within striking distance if they beat Georgia this weekend. That is the trade I was going to say Alabama for Ohio state and they'd flip flop. So because you took it off the board, we'll do a draft style. I'll say Michigan one, Georgia two. Okay. That just like, if we're going to, like, how do we not value the Michigan Ohio state Victory. I just a Michigan over Ohio State victory. I just don't understand how we don't value that the way in which that we should. And I understand that this frustrates you to no end, as it should, CC, because if this is what the college football playoff rankings are, like what are we doing here? So let's let's go conspiracy theory. Is there any part of them that sits there in that room last night and realizes it's a TV show, mm. and that on Sunday at noon Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Radio, we're going to get it right anyway. But why get it right now? Why not instead give everybody talking points, let everybody debate, let it be for a day or two, maybe even more interesting than the biggest sport in our country, which is the NFL. Let's give them some fodder. Is there any part of you that thinks that there were actually TV producers, in essence, in that room? No, man. No? I can't okay. go along with it just because of where Alabama's ranked at. They had every opportunity to slide Bama behind Texas and Alabama, uh, behind uh, slide Ohio State behind Alabama and Texas, but they didn't. They kept Ohio State as a top six team. Which is for the TV show, maybe. Well, that's great for the TV show, but think about what it would entail if Bama does pull off the upset in the conference championship game, then all of a sudden they'd have to do something that we've never seen in the history of the college football playoff, which is be outside of the top six and find your way in the top four in the final rankings. Now, what Heather Dennis said last night when the rankings was released is that she didn't believe that Georgia, if they lost in the conference championship game, would have a place at the table in the Final Four. So what we're saying, in effect, is that the best conference in all of college football would not be represented in the Final Four teams if Bama pulls up the upset. That does not sit well with me. I can't be cool with that. I think it takes away all credibility, all legitimacy when it comes to this year's national championship if that scenario plays out. So even in conversation, you're not cool with it. Because of the fact they have opened this up to allow us to have have the conversation that even if if it's for show, 
It's too far for It's you. too far. Smalls? Well, also, if we are having this discussion under the premise that this is a television show, what, that's a bad business decision. It's a bad business decision to not have the SEC in the college football playoff. Yeah. It's a bad business decision to not have the SEC have an opportunity to compete for a national championship. So I can't see it happening, but I also don't understand if they're telling me that head-to-head matters, that that's what they're viewing here, and that's why Texas is above Alabama, then with Alabama having the opportunity to beat Georgia, and if they do go ahead and win that game, if head-to-head matters and they beat the number one team in the country, why aren't they in a position to then be put in the playoff? I don't understand. Exactly. I can't, I can't make They're telling you head-to-head matters when Texas beat Bama, but head-to-head won't matter if Bama beats Georgia. So, so Texas winning earlier in the season carries more weight than Alabama beating Georgia. Right before the bowl season kicks off. <laughs> that makes no sense to me. Well, and, that, and that's the other part of this. And if you look at some of these teams, because the math, it math, the math, because Jalen, because Jalen Milrow is who he is now, which is not the same player he was then. No, we have to factor that in of because course. Jordan Travis is not at FSU. We have to factor that in. Because Jim Harbaugh is at Michigan, in my opinion, we have to factor this stuff in. Yet, I don't see this factored in. But isn't that why you have a committee of two dozen people making these decisions on the Final Four teams? To confuse us? Well, not not <laughs> just to confuse us, but to, to use some level of, I guess, subjectivity eye test in terms of being able to evaluate what these teams are in their overall resume. To put into context everything that we've had in the aggregate in the college football season. That's the purpose of a committee. Otherwise, we might as well let a damn computer pick all the teams based on wins and losses and strength of schedule. A computer can spit that out. That's what the BCS was, and we moved away from it. So if you're telling us you wanted something different, and the something different was having more of the human element in the decision-making process to get to the best four teams in the country and letting them duke it out, then you've got to apply that logic when it comes to being able to sift through what's happening on conference championship game weekend. And to me, that means Alabama being in front of Ohio State when it comes to the pecking order or the teams that have chances to get into the playoff. I'm looking here at at a lot of the the simulated BCS that if you were going to have that other model, and the simulated BCS looks like it's actually the same as the current one with Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. Actually, excuse me, they have Ohio State, then Oregon, then Texas, then Alabama. So Ohio State on the simulated BCS would actually be higher. So Oregon. those wins against Notre Dame and Penn State are obviously carrying a ton of weight here. But again, it, none of us seem to understand great wins. that's they're, the they're, problem. They are not great wins. Have you been impressed with, with Penn State or Notre Dame this season, Smalls? Did I miss something? Mm-hmm. I, I I'm sorry. I, I don't, I, I'm not impressed. Do you think – if we're using Alabama as a discussion point here, that the fact that they had to beat Auburn at, at the very end of the game is being factored into this, that it wasn't Good a dom- or bad, you're saying? A bad, that that's why that maybe they didn't move up a few spots is because they didn't dominate that game? I mean, I guess it's possible, but at the same time, Alabama is 11-1. and Their one loss is to a seventh-ranked team, and they play in the SEC. And... You know what? Like, don't you have faith that they're going to show up in a college football playoff game? Big time. Like, isn't there some TCU after effect hangover of, like, we don't want to see that again with what we saw against Georgia? You're not worried about Alabama showing up. Alabama has won, what, 10 games in a row? 
10 games in a row. They beat number at the time number 15 Ole Miss, number 17 Tennessee, number 14 LSU, and they, a Kentucky team that was top 20 at once upon a time in the country. That just beat Louisville. By the way, that's playing yeah. in the ACC championship game against Florida State, where you're going to give Florida State likely credit for beating that Louisville team. That's coming off of a loss. It's it's bizarre, old Bill, man. I don't understand what the college football playoff committee is doing with these rankings. And here's the thing, F. I hope the reason or the rationale would be because you want the the TV reveal to be an entertainment product. I would hope that's why they're doing it. Yeah. But something tells me that it's not, especially when you spit out the projected BCS rankings if we were under the old system and how they model out what would be the top eight teams. There would only be one change, and that's Oregon-Ohio State. So, I mean, that just kind of shows you the lines that the committee is going along when it comes to picking these teams, and I, for one, am not for it. Yeah, okay, one other question on this. It's just so ridiculous. I, is, can we can we get to the expansion of the college football playoff already? Can we get year. to the 12 teams? Will it be as juicy, can, though? Can, it will, to me, it will be. It'll be, diff, it'll be in a different way, think about but it, it will how, be. How, think about how emotive we are about this. None of our schools are even in this, and we are banging the table today. Uh, my That's school some... is Michigan. Oh, that's your school? I'm, I'm adopted in Michigan. Oh, are you? I mean, listen, they're adjacent to my school because my wife went to Michigan. Okay. She's a Michigan girl. Oh, that's okay. fair. I was like, where she, are you she, going she, with She this? used to run the tailgate. That's so, fair. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm married in. I'm married. Does that count? That I counts. Feel like, I feel like counts. it should count, right? That counts. Okay, so count. your school is in it. Exactly. One of your my wife is in also it. went to Wisconsin, so I don't get any further benefit. I, like, no. can, can she transfer retroactively to Alabama or no, Georgia? No, she now? can't go into the portal. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we're a big tent. No, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Javante, are you okay with Canty jumping on the Michigan bandwagon? Javante, one of our producers, is a Michigan grad and uh, from Michigan. Go ahead, Javante. Sorry, I, I don't think so. Like, I need, I need more convincing. Like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. Just out of nowhere, you're a Michigan Boy, fan. It's not, it's not complicated. I mean, on, on Saturday, I'm sitting there watching the game at the house with, with a Michigan sweatshirt on. Like, we're rooting for Michigan. Like, that's what's happening. There, there ain't no reason in rooting for Virginia. I can tell you how the game is going to end. That's not very good for the guys in blue. But I know what's going to happen when Michigan turns on the TV, and my wife would not like it if I was rooting, not rooting for Michigan. So it's not enough for me to be, you know, abstinent in that regard. I have to have a rooting interest when Michigan's on. I gotta go with Michigan. I have you're to a, root for the team. Are your legs tired from all that front running? Or Ooh. no, I'm good. Oh, you're talking to him. Uh, so, Canty, uh, your wife's a fan of Jalen Hurts, right? So, are you now an Eagles fan? Oh, this is a great question. That's different. That is different. What that is different. Was. This is different. And my wife is not watching Eagles games, rooting for the Eagles to win or lose. That's not that. That is secondary to why she's watching the Eagles games. Okay, she wants Jalen Hurts to win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, 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 I don't even know if she cares if he wins or not. She just wants to no, see. She's Jaylen. winning. She's just watching. She Jaylen just Hurts. wants to see Jalen Hurts. I understand. You know? Wait, so see, yeah, exactly. I understand. Your loyalty. It's different. My wife used to run the tailgates for the Michigan games for the, the student tailgates. So like, there's like, she's a big fan of Michigan football. Your loyalty to your wife's interests is awesome and admirable, yes. right? You're very For pro sure. city of Chicago. I don't feel like that makes me a fraud fan. Hold, hold, no, I didn't say that. City of Chicago, where she's from. She yes, we got Michigan. married in Chicago. Yeah. So if Michigan plays Virginia where you went to school, who are you rooting for? I'm going to be on the winning side no matter what. So no, that's not I'm what good. I asked. Who I'm going to be on the rooting, winning side. Who are you rooting I'm for? I'm not rooting against Virginia, but I don't think I'm rooting against Michigan either. Wow. Hoping for a tie? There we go. There we go. Wow. Either way, either way, I win, right, Smalls? Well, they say happy. Well, here's, wife, the, here's, happy the, here's life, the thing: so if, Virgi- if Virginia wins, then I feel good. Okay, the program that I had actually beat a legitimate football school. But if Virginia loses, then my wife is happy, which means I'll be happy later. So I'm go. cool. 
either way, I win. Okay, uh, now I'm thinking uh, most people are probably so. siding That's with good. Javante. That's sound logic, right? I so, Javante, so. is that enough? Can I can can can, can you no, get me on board? Can I can I jump on board the Michigan bandwagon, please? I don't think so. It's just like the first time I was hearing it. Like it just came out of what, nowhere. What, what, like, what you mean? It's not it's not coming out of nowhere. My wife is, went to the school. She ran timing. the student like, It didn't make sense, but like for the people, it's just like, huh? Can't you can't do for Michigan? I, I, here's where I'm going to agree with Javante on this. So we've been doing the show what three months. So we're always going to be learning more and more about each other. I don't know that you've brought up that your wife went to Michigan on the air until this moment. Like, this is the first time I've learned of it. That doesn't mean you haven't brought it up in your life or you're not. I believe you're sitting there Saturday with the Michigan gear. No. I think this is unintentionally a revelation on the show right now. Yeah. That you're none of us. Did anyone know that he was a Michigan fan? Yeah, no. he brought it up on Monday because he was talking about. On the air? The Uber, the the Uber, Uber gate. gate. Remember Uber I told gate. you about Uber, Uber gate? gate? Yes. On the air? I don't know if we talked about it on the air. I don't, know know about about no, I don't, I, I don't think I heard that. that. But you know Ubergate. You but heard I, the story about no, Ubergate. No, but I, I actually don't. This. No. If CeCe was a Michigan fan, I expected a much more passionate defense of Jim Harbaugh when I all will, this was going down. He did I, defend I, him. I did defend no, Jim Harbaugh. No, but the I, other way. But I, the other way. Now we have an explanation. But it's I like when you guys look at me and say I'm crazy on Belichick, well, you know that I'm a Pats fan. But that's what I'm saying. I would have expected him to be like, this is my second team. This is my adopted team. See, now I'm rethinking everything. Now I'm going back now, to my Now head. you're like, that's why that's, he was so hot on Why, why would, would he do that? <laughs> why? Now we know why. His wife is a Michigan grad, and now we are retroactively playing out all of the Connor Stallion situations differently because this man, under his sweater, is wearing maize and blue, unbeknownst to us. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPNU, the ESPN app, where you'll find our next guest podcast, of course. Sirius XM Channel 80, and all of our great ESPN stations across the country, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Field Yates is an ESPN NFL insider, fantasy football expert, draft analyst. Field, we got to get Field's take on, on this thing. Am I, okay, a fraud, yeah. am I a fraud sports fan because right. I'm rooting for Michigan? Let's bring Field in on this. So 
Field, we've been doing this show, as you know, for about three months now. And CeCe went to, yeah. Virgi- went to Virginia. And literally yeah. today, today, he revealed he's rooting for Michigan. And we said, why are you rooting for Michigan? And he said, well, my wife went to grad school there. So now I'm rooting for Michigan. I'm a front-running Patriots fan, which doesn't feel much front-running this year. But I am a front-running Patriots fan. Is CeCe a front-runner or is he justified to root for Michigan? Yeah, well, I mean, given that Virginia just missed the top four last night. Like a little bit of a uh, front-running decision here. Uh, no, I kid. I have uh, respect for the program. They've obviously uh, been in a couple of tough years here. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, you know what? Here's my take on fandom, truthfully. And uh, and I'm not trying to defend CC because, you know, he weighs more. Uh, but he's got me by, like, twice the size, you know, 6'8", carries it well. Um, is that, like, my, my big take is, and maybe this is because I now live in Connecticut where we don't have a local team that's, like, Root for who you want to root for. I generally find it more compelling when you find, like, the lifelong, uh, like, our guy, our, our former colleague here at ESPN, Steve Cerruti, huge Magic fan. He's been rooting for them for 25 years. Yes. He finally gets to enjoy a season. I tend to prefer that kind of random fandom. But if you're in on Michigan right now, uh, Mr. Stevie, I'll let you have it because, uh, frankly, what would you do if I came up to you and charged you and said, change your mind and don't be a Michigan fan? Probably squash me like a grape. Yeah, I don't think it end well for you. But here's the thing I would say, Phil. I mean, happy wife, happy life. My wife used to organize the student tailgates at the Michigan football games. She's all in on Michigan football. Doesn't it behoove me? Isn't it in my best interest to root alongside her, especially given that Virginia football is trash right now? That's a good point. You know what? As somebody who's married to a Boston College grad who's been subject to a lot of Boston College football (laughs) over the past handful of years, I can tell you that uh, while it is important to support your spouse, it's not always easy. Uh, Although BC had a competitive stretch at one point this season, but uh, we're we're looking for like seven or eight wins. We feel good about ourselves up there in Chestnut Hill. Uh, Field Yates is going to watch tape later today on Glenn Foley as a result, I think. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Uh, All right. So you have the NFL draft analysis, which we're going to get to in a second, but I do have to ask you, selfishly as a Pats fan, as somebody you obviously worked for the team for a little bit, Belichick's lowest point in his career was it losing the Super Bowl at eighteen and zero, or is it right now? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think probably the sting is, is more significant in that moment because it's so right. It's, it's a concentrated right. It's one of those things that happens, and then you have to live with it for for the entire off season. And I think it probably stuck with him uh, maybe to this day, but certainly until you win the next Super Bowl, which for them was uh, you know a few years later. Um, this year is just kind of a slow burn, right? It's like you got to keep showing up for work every single day, and I can't imagine it's a whole lot of fun to be in that building on a day-in and day-out basis, especially knowing that, um, well, and maybe who knows whether he's a part of the organization beyond this season or not, but like in some ways the best thing for the Patriots right now might be six more games of misery, right? Because they're at 2-9 and nine right now. If they win one at maximum, they're probably – sitting with a top five pick uh, when the NFL draft, they will be sitting with a top three pick by the time the NFL draft rolls around. And the best pathway forward to the Patriots or for any team in that bottom five right now is to have a Houston Texans like come up. And the single most important factor in the Houston Texans turnaround right now is the fact that they have CJ Stroud and they did not for the past half decade. Phil, we always know that quarterbacks get pushed up to the top of the draft, and we've known for a while now that Caleb Williams and Drake May will be the top two quarterbacks of the draft. But looking at this draft class and comparing it to the 2021 draft class, which class is deeper? Which class is going to have more top-end talent? 
Yeah, so I think that we knew, uh, like, you know, at the time of that draft, uh, it ended up being five in the top 15. Right now it looks like you've got one sure thing of those five. I mean, that, that being Trevor Lawrence. And even Trevor, in some people's eyes, has not met the expectations of being the kind of guy that the minute he takes over your franchise, he becomes the top, you know, six or seven quarterback in the NFL. He still has a chance to get there. I am much more bullish uh, on Trevor Lawrence than I am uh, the alternative. Um, and beyond that, though, it's like Justin Fields, maybe, and then three, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, oh. who you feel like are probably not bound for a whole lot more than uh, what they've been so far. Uh, this this class, I think, has two guys that we view in a different light. Like, in that draft class, it was Trevor Lawrence, and then it was four guys competing for that second spot. But one of them was going to be moved up the board, or two of them in the case of Zach Wilson and Trey Lance because of the team's that we're picking in those second and third spots. This year, you've got two guys in, in, in Caleb Williams and Drake May that probably are going in the top five uh, in any given draft because of their upside and their polish right now. Um, and then, you know, truthfully, on, on, the, on the depth right now, it's going to be determined by how many of these guys decide to stay or decide to go. You know, with NIL and because of the, the different landscape of college football right now, I don't know this for sure, right? But I've heard from people that, you know, obviously a lot of us believe Shador Sanders will stick with Colorado for another season. You know, J.J. McCarthy, it's not a slam dunk. He uh, declares for the NFL draft, especially with the way that Michigan uh, is humming right now. Uh, Chris, of course, longtime Michigan fan. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and beyond that, you know, you've got other guys, Carson Beck from Georgia, one-year starter, played really well this year. But if you're, Carson Beck, you want some more experience. You got a chance to potentially compete for a fourth straight national championship, depending on how things go uh, this year. So the the declaration date, which is in early January, that will determine how deep this class is. But I think this probably stacks up pretty favorably to that 2021 class. Field at ESPN.com, you have your 2024 NFL draft, draft rankings, your top five prospects by position. You have Caleb Williams and Drake May as the first two quarterbacks potentially off the board. You have Shador Sanders at number three, followed by Jaden Daniels and J.J. McCarthy. Take us through your reasoning for putting Shador Sanders number three on that list. Yeah, so Shador started the best of, of really maybe any quarterback in the country this year, Michelle. He was awesome out of the gates, and obviously the entire Colorado team uh, was awesome. I think that the luster uh, fell off that program a little bit, but Shador, it was not the reason why. I mean, it's one of the worst offensive lines uh, in college football. You know, that's been a big talking point throughout the season in college football. Uh, but Shador is just an absolute surgeon from the pocket. He is just, and he's got a cannon of an arm. The accuracy is, is, is borderline unparalleled amongst the quarterbacks in this class has some athleticism, but doesn't necessarily rely upon it all that much because he is such a gifted pocket passer. Uh, and I know that, uh, you know, being the son of Deion Sanders probably comes with some advantages. Uh, it also comes with a lot, of, a lot of pressure. And Shadour has been the kind of guy that in some big moments has actually been like the rising tide. You know, he helped Jackson State to unparalleled heights. Earlier in this year, again, I know they only won four games this year, but, you know, those games early in the season that Colorado was winning, those are games that for years that team was getting blown out in. So Shador, I think a worthy quarterback three, uh, I think, though, that in about a month and a half, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, Shador Sanders has decided officially that he will be returning uh, to Colorado. So I'll have to adjust that quarterback three spot on the fly. As versatile as they come, Field Yates does everything. You'll see him on NFL Live hosting. You'll see him as an NFL insider all across SportsCenter and here on ESPN Radio. He's a fantasy football expert. He's got the Fantasy Football Focus podcast, and now he's doing the draft analysis as well. He's got his top five list out there, ESPN.com, and, and he is our grader of fan etiquette.
<laughs> and he has said that it is okay for CC to be a Michigan fan. Field, thank you so and much. Weird for that you oh, guys didn't ask for any Pop Tart thoughts, but uh, yeah. We'll, oh, we'll go ahead, Pop Tart, Pop Tart thoughts. Go ahead, go ahead, Pop Tart thoughts. Uh, okay, so uh, brown sugar, brown sugar cinnamon, kind of the undisputed goat. What? Um, and then what? I, really? It's very really? good. Ooh, I like that. I like that. All right, all right. I like it. This is a good radio. I've already elicited some strong responses. Uh, and then I think it's kind of everybody else playing for a second. There are a couple that we can eject into the sun, though. Like, you know, the s'mores nonsense. I, I'll just eat a s'more. Oh, wow. I, I oh, get, them get them off oh, Get them off our show. Get them off our show. Get them off. We were right there with you, Fields. Yeah. Can't have you on the show. Get them off. Yeah. yeah. Get them off. All right. I'm going to uh, go watch some Ohio State highlights and get ready for the 2024 season. <laughs> Field Yates. <laughs> well wow. played, Field. Well Thank played. Thank you for the time. Wow. I can't believe that. Brown sugar and has no time for s'mores pop Unless you're making a reference nah. to a, D- a D'Angelo song. Nah. Brown sugar ain't with this. No the, way. The brown sugar pop tart is very good. Not better than s'mores. I it's not better than s'mores. Would not Actually, I'm not a fan s'mores. of the brown sugar pop tart. Brown sugar bay. No. Oh no, no. That was that was one of those you shot your shot and congratulations, shoot or shoot. You missed that one though. We're on you sports with Mike on ESPN Radio, <laughs> presented by Progressive Insurance. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Here on ESPN Radio, ESPNU. Alone, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are going to get to the NBA in-season tournament. Hold on, before we do yeah. anything else, since we are on Sportsmanlike, you know who was on Sportsmanlike yesterday? Sabonis. Sabonis <laughs> couldn't get me six more rebounds. <laughs> I don't understand that. A guy that averages double-digit boards couldn't get me 14 rebounds last night. Every other leg of the parlay hit last night. De'Aaron Fox over 28 and a half, drops 29. Perfect. We, we got, what was the spread last night? A, one and a half. A point and a half. Warriors lose by one. Perfect. Man, we, we had everything on. It's a bonus. And what did I tell you yesterday? The part of the three-leg parlay I was most concerned with, what was it? Could Sabonis get the 14 rebound? He could not. This, this, this guy. 
It's good that you're not hung up on it. I'm just saying, we got to get a win. Right now, I'm in a slump. We got to get a win. And last night was a last night. If that parlay hits, that would have paid out at plus seven twelve smalls. I know that set us up for the rest of the week. We good. Put some money. We on. got lunch money. We got date night money for the weekend. We all good if we hit that parlay last night. Come on, Sabonis. Sabonis, you're not good, good, but you're still good. I guess. No, we would have been good, good. We hit, not, we, we, hit that, we good. hit that. We hit that. We hit that parlay. We would have been good, good. Mm, okay. Just saying. Were you, right. were you okay with, like, Jordan Poole, I don't think, played, uh, right, last night? Was that correct? Or was that last night or tonight, whatever it is? I don't know. I thought he was out. I didn't know if you were okay because, you know, as a Michigan man, oh. I didn't know if you were okay with Jordan Poole taking a night off. I mean, Jordan Poole needs to watch out for Draymond Green, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty much. Well, you don't like Draymond because he's a Michigan State guy, obviously. Is that what it is? I mean, you're I hold it against him? Look at this. Do, you, do, 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 do we really man. not like Michigan State people? They're little brother. They're irrelevant. They're like the lint on your shoulder or on your sweater or whatever. Look at Hat placement. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about the hat placement. It looks like how Jim Harbaugh would wear a hat, but you I guess. Guys, I guys, guess since that's my coach, yeah. then I'll just go with it. You, you know go. about the Fab Six? You know Weber, Howard, Rose, Canty, King, Jackson. You guys know about that? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, Eric in Indiana, listening on the ESPN app. What's up, Eric? Hey guys. Yeah, I want to speak a little bit about what we were talking about earlier with the CFP and the recency bias. I think an earlier caller wanted to stand up for OSU a little bit. My point here is I agree everything we've been saying between what I'm about to say and what you all have been saying is we need to go to this 12 team so that everybody has their chance to show who's the best at the given time of the year, which is most importantly at the end of the season. So, Canty, earlier you said you're not too impressed with OSU's wins, and I hear you on that, but OSU at this current time with the CFP rankings has beaten number 17 Notre Dame away, number 10 Penn State at home, And then, of course, the recent game, the loss against Michigan, which was away. But then we look at a team like Oregon, and they've beaten a number 20 Oregon State at home, and then they lost to Washington away. So I'm just really struggling to make sense of what the CFP, and I know you all are already saying this, but I'm I'm having trouble making sense of what they're doing, putting OSU at six instead of five, or even higher at four since Jordan Travis is out at FSU. CeCe? The OSU uh, part of it? I'm, listen, he says he's struggling to make sense of it. I'm struggling to make sense of it, too. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand what the college football playoff committee is doing. That's I have no idea. doing it for the TV show. But we, we also, though, we can't penalize Florida State because they had an injury. They're still Why winning. Not? Because that's not fair to them. They're, it's not, they're still winning games in spite fair of Fair is it. a place where the judge pigs at. I mean, I don't, I don't see it. It's not about fair. It's about trying to parse it down to the four best teams right now that can compete for a national title. That, that's what I'm interested in seeing. I'm not interested in being fair as a fan when I'm trying to get to the best teams in the sport competing for the ultimate prize. That's what it's all about to me. But if they had a loss and sustained a massive injury that would maybe shift the dynamics of their team, then I think you could have an argument. But if they went out, I don't know how you can keep them out. Do you want the best four resumes, or do you want the best four teams? I would like the best four teams. I would like the best four teams that would create the most compelling matchups. Right. If you're hiring for a job, do you want the best resume or the best candidate for the job? Because there may be somebody that you interview for a job, and you're like, the resume is kind of fine. But you just feel like this person is going to be great for you and they're yeah. going to succeed. Florida State has a great resume, but they're not one of the best four teams without Jordan Travis. No, they're not. And to that last caller's point, he was asking about OSU in the comparison to Oregon. Oregon, in order to get in, would likely have to beat Washington. 
if they beat Washington, then it's a situation where they have a better win than Ohio State does. Yeah, they're in. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's 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 the part of the math that the committee is factoring into where Oregon is currently ranked. So, I, I just – I don't like the way that they're doing it because it just seems so arbitrary. But, Ev, as you pointed out, it's not arbitrary because if we were earned under the current – if we were using the, the old, old system, school yeah. system, the BCS system – Essentially, the top eight teams would be the same, with the exception of Oregon or Ohio State being swapped. You know what Five, the big, you know what the biggest difference is right now. I think, and, and I could be wrong, and maybe somebody will prove me wrong. Looking back on it, I don't remember a year where there wasn't one team going into the final weekend that could afford a loss and still get in. I don't know that Georgia, based on the rankings, can afford a loss. And get in. Well, Heather didn't said that if if Georgia was to lose against Alabama, she didn't think that Georgia is going to get in. Right. So, but, then, but also based on what the current rankings are and the history of it, like you said, no team outside of the top six in the pit ultimate rankings actually making it in the top four. That would mean that Alabama, even if they win the conference championship, would be out. So Georgia and Alabama, the best two teams in the SEC, would not be in the college football playoff. No SEC team. The best conference in football would not be in the college football playoff. Makes no sense to me. How is that a legitimate championship? Mm-hmm. Whoever wins it, how is it legit? How, how does it have any credibility? It doesn't. That's why what the committee did with the penultimate rankings makes no sense to me. All right. Um, NBA last night had their own version of a tournament and playoff, et cetera, with the in-season tournament. We know what's happening now. Lakers, Suns, Kings, Pelicans, uh, Bucks, and Knicks, Pacers, and Celtics will be in the quarterfinals. But I understand that less than the college football Well, that I agree with. But here's here's what I do understand. Point differential for these teams actually mattered, which is very odd because you have teams running up the score late. Boston Celtics head coach Joe Mazzula in a game against Chicago yesterday, when Chicago was getting destroyed, the Celtics win 124-97. The head coach, Joe Mazzula, explained why he had to run up the score. It wasn't necessarily a miscommunication, but we had a guy on our staff sitting near the bench giving – once I told him don't talk to me until we're until at the point where it's necessary. And so once it got to 30 at the start of the fourth, we started communicating on what the Brooklyn game was going and what the deficit was. And so when I started to hack a drum in, Billy thought we had to win by 22, but he didn't know the ramifications of what was going on in the Brooklyn-Toronto game. And so I just had to explain to him this is what my – this is what our – people are telling us this is what we have to do this is the process towards protecting our lead it gives us the best chance to win in advance and so credit to him for understanding that all right so let me explain more of this so billy donovan head coach of the bulls and joe Missoula are seen talking like mid-game or late in the game whatever because they're up big and they're intentionally fouling the worst free throw shooter on the other team andre drummond who went one for six in the fourth quarter and shooting free throws. in normal <laughs> so circumstances in normal circumstances you're not intentionally fouling somebody unless it's a close game or you have a deficit like that or you know you're up a point or two and you want to kind of swing it back and forth they're fouling up 20 something so we had to explain it to billy donovan like hey we need extra points something feels off about that I'm sorry. Something feels off about that. I love the NBA. The players are interested in this. This is going to work. This is going to be a thing. I think we need it a little bit easier to digest and understand. And in moments like that would be would be on that that example of understanding. Better. Aren't they basing their in season tournament model after some of the Soccer. professional yeah yes. professional sports leagues? Yeah, but they don't score a lot of goals, so it, it doesn't no, feel I, like running I, I it get, up. I, you know? and, and I understand that in point differential, it feels like one of those things that varies based on the teams that you're playing and the style of play, it's not necessarily something that's indicative of how good you are or how bad a team is. 
And so that's the part that makes it tough to swallow. But I would ask, what would be the alternative if it's not going to be point differential when deciding between these teams when the margins are so thin because it's a smaller sample size? Like, that's the thing that I don't get. So I think for lack of a better alternative, this is probably what you have to roll with. But here's the thing. When you create situations like what happened last night, that becomes extra spicy because the coaches don't forget it and the players damn sure don't forget it. So the decorum and how you're supposed to act when you're up in a game or when you're down in a game, that all goes by the wayside because everybody's trying to compete for that $500,000 and there are going to be some people that are on the wrong end of it that are not going to like it and those teams might be a little extra spicy when they see each other later in the regular season. Yeah, so far the in-season tournament has worked with players. I'm really interested to see how it's tracking with fans because it does have these elements to it that are a bit hard to follow. So I know people might be tuning in to check it out, but I wonder how many people are actually locked in or engaged with it. Yeah, I mean, I watched the Heat Bucks last night, and like I didn't care necessarily about the the ramifications for the play-in tournament. I just wanted my team in Miami to win a game against the Bucks without three of their five starters, including Jimmy Butler. Like, and then I'm looking on Twitter, and I'm like, well, if they win by 11 but lose, I'm like, okay, I I, I can't do this. You asked for a solution. Is that was a, the part that hurt you the most because watching it court for the Heat game. That, yeah, that's, well, I'm used to that. that yeah. That's what hurt me the most, man. That red court. Like, I can't deal, man. I, I get, like, the Boston Celtics court, it was all green, but it was a muted green. You could actually watch it. Or the, or the Kings-Warriors game, it was gray, so you could actually watch. When you got them bright colors, like that bright red for the Miami Heat, hey, man, ditch that. We got to go with a different court color. Yeah, We got to get a different court so color. So here's my solution. Instead of running up the score, could you do win-loss in quarters? Like you, like you're three and one. Kind of like the All Star game, like what they do with the All Star yeah, game. Like yeah, you, like not you restart it, but like okay, the Bucks won three or four quarters last night. Yeah. So you're three and one within the one yeah. win, because then you don't have to worry about how much you win by. You just have to win every single quarter. Just a thought. Coming up, we'll have our unsportsmanlike moment of the day. But first, CC has this from Vivid Seats. Oh, uh, yes. Haven't been to an NFL game yet this year? What are you waiting for? Vivid Seats has your back for all your ticket needs. See every tackle, every touchdown, every play live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us fans. That's why they offer unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, and more. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan, Canty, and Michelle are unsportsmanlike. We survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. Was not a great look. Yes, our most unsportsmanlike moments of the day. 
Oh, I love this steady mobbing. So good. Anyway, along with Michelle Swoman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Find something. We find something every day that's unique, that's different, that's a little quirky. Um, Jeremy Sohan is the de facto point guard of the San Antonio Spurs. Always interesting here. Jeremy and Sohan. leading the way, right? Leading yeah. the way in theory. Um, I don't know that we want him leading the way on his food takes. Mm. Jeremy Sohan, there was a video that went out yesterday that um, he puts ketchup on pizza. And Pat Costello, our producer, asked me a question that I will ask you. What's worse, ketchup on pizza or ketchup on pasta when you have no tomato sauce? Oh. <laughs> ketchup, ketchup on pasta is worse. I think you're probably right about ketchup that, but I think pasta. both are terrible. Yeah. Now, my oldest brother, my brother Sekou, does something really weird. He puts ketchup in his grits. Like, that's just something that you no, wouldn't do. but that to me, I, I don't advise it, but I okay. could see you it could a little see bit it, more. You could understand just it? Just because of the flavor. Like, it's yeah. more of a neutral palate. Now, Dan Orlowski, I believe, flavors. puts ketchup on his macaroni and cheese? No. Yeah. But ketchup on pizza when you already have tomato ketchup sauce on there? Ketchup on any pasta is not right. Yeah. It's just wrong. Whether it's macaroni, whether it's fettuccine, whatever pasta you're rolling with, ketchup on pasta is absolutely wrong, and you should be banned. You should uh, be put in social uh, jail. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh-oh. Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carlin. Carlin versus Joe Noon until 3 Eastern time joins us. Yes? We, we need to talk about what's really wrong with what has happened this morning. Uh-oh. Canty, it's been three months. What's happened to you? What do you mean, what's happened to me? What did I do wrong? I was driving home 25, 30 minutes ago. And I'm listening to you. And Evan asks you, if Virginia is playing Michigan, who are you rooting for? And you sat there, and there was a good two seconds of silence, and it was, well, I can't lose either way. What? Didn't what? I explain my rationale, though? Yeah, you did. It's just horrible. Why Why? Just, why, why I, is I, it I, bad? Just, explain you, to me where my, where my logic is flawed. Please break it down uh, for quite me, easily. Quite easily. I'm listening. If I I completely understand where you're coming from of rooting for Michigan when they are not playing the school that you played for and took injuries for and quite literally gave everything you had for. Yeah. But you're going to tell me if they're on the same field and you are sitting there watching that game, and even if it's not for the national championship for anything, you are going to sit there and Clap. Oh, oh, nice job. But here's the well problem done. with what you're saying, There's big no fella. There's no problem with what no, I'm here, saying. There is a problem. There is absolutely a problem. And the problem is about six foot one, 165 pounds. It's my wife. Because guess what? If I'm rooting for Virginia to beat Michigan and Virginia actually does beat Michigan, you know what happens? I enjoy that win for about all of two minutes. And I'm going to be miserable no, no, for no. the next week. Like, so I me, might have a win that day, but I'm going to lose that night for sure. Did you and that's your, the problem. Your wife's height and weight on the air? Yeah, yeah that, that was... That's <laughs> a move. You talk about decision-making. Wow. Yeah, I did that. That's, wow. Uh, that was wow. a risk. Dialed that one back a <laughs> wow. little bit, Cowboy. That may be the most stunning thing you've ever said on the radio. <laughs> All right. I told you she was bigger than Bryce Young. No, no, I'm not, <laughs> no I wasn't judging. I'm, let me rephrase. I wasn't judging her. I am judging you. Why are you judging me? No, the numbers are outstanding. I'm just saying I don't know how she might feel about that. Oh, okay. I the numbers are great. She, numbers she are looks amazing. from out. She's great. I have Beautiful. been in this position for a championship. My wife is from San Francisco. The Rangers played the Giants in the World Series. 
There was no, I'm going to worry about the consequences afterward in that. Michelle, let me ask you this question. Sure. If you were to marry a Yankee fan and they were playing the Cardinals in the World Series and your husband sat there and said, okay, well, listen, I can't lose and I'll kind of root for the Cardinals. Would you not just lose a hair of respect for him in that moment? No, because I would understand that he knows that his team's going to lose to mine. So he doesn't mm. want to take it that badly. Mm. That's the way I'd view it. He's you just want him He's to logical. admit defeat right away. Correct. You want him completely emasculated from the beginning. Yeah, you know? kind of. Because, <laughs> Carlin, here's the problem with, with that, right, is you don't want to be combative get- with your spouse inside the household. So if he already knows that the Cardinals are going to win, just go ahead and take the L prematurely. That's I'm, all I'm saying. I'm really stunned you didn't go to me on great fandom. I'm such a good fan in terms of the way I operate I don't here. understand why Carlin doesn't get it, though. Sometimes you got to lose the battle to win the war, and that's all I'm so saying. Let me ask you this. Virginia and Michigan play, which would never happen, by the way, if, because if, Virginia stinks in football. But uh, let me ask you this. If Mel comes to you today and says, you know what? Turnovers for Josh Allen, not that big of a deal. <laughs> you're going to say, yeah, you're right, honey. I don't know what I was thinking. Right. No, you're 100% she would, right. She would never say that. She would, I mean, even she's got a line, right? <laughs> Eight straight games with an interception. Even my wife has boundaries. On, on everything. I played my son last night in Madden. I was playing as the Broncos. He was playing as the Bills. We just picked random teams. On everything, Josh Allen, two interceptions in the no first way. half. <laughs> in Madden, my son threw two interceptions in the first half. With Josh Allen last night. Yeah. It's very realistic. Josh Allen, just good enough to get a coach fired, right, big fellow? <laughs> no question. <laughs> no question. McDermott, you watch. You watch. Carlin, how many games happens. How many games are you calling this weekend? 43? Uh, what are we up to this weekend? Mercifully, none. It wow. is a quiet weekend this coming weekend. Are you, wor- are you worried about unsportsmanlike creeping up the standings in the Pick'em Challenge and being right behind you in second place now? Great question. Put it this way. It would be about as much as Mel would worry about Virginia creeping up on me. Wow. The level of disrespect. The shade. I don't understand. I don't know why we have an all-outed game night who picks the games after they happen. They're on after the games. Does anyone want to acknowledge that they are not in first place? And like they'll pick the Cowboys and the Seahawks on Thursday after it happens. Are we, are we just going to ignore that part of this conversation? I Listen. I, I don't make the rules. I just play by them, and we're in first place. So. I, I believe that Q Myers has a little bit of integrity. He's picking the game before the game actually happens. Just saying. Just I, saying. I'm just disappointed. That's all. I wanted to express that this morning. Uh, because very, you know I love you. Very quickly, Carlin, because we only have 30 seconds. Where are you on uh, Pop-Tarts? Where would you go number one overall on Pop-Tarts? We've had that uh, conversation. I would go chocolate Pop-Tarts, but I was never a big chocolate, Pop-Tart guy. Never a big Pop-Tart guy. Did they, I didn't even Pop-Tart. know they made a chocolate allowed, Pop-Tart. Believe it or not, never allowed to have them as a kid. Wow. I feel bad for you. That's why they make therapy, so you can work all of that out. We're on to Thursday. Thank you, Carlin, at noon Eastern. Greeny up next with us. It's Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.